So we hear sometimes that life is a quote-unquote game, right? It's a game. We got to play the game. People are playing games. So is life a game or not? So uh, game is, of course, a term, and we can mean by whatever we wish to mean and whatever life is to us, we can refer to that with the term game. That's no problem, but try to examine the usage by according to custom of the term game and see if it applies, if it can reasonably be applied to uh, life. So uh, part of that, uh, the, the concept designated by that term, it would seem, uh, first of all, there's a, a, a setup, right? Uh, there's an objective. There, there's uh, things to do in order to attain that objective, to win. And uh, there's things to do in order to lose. And uh, there's competition and uh, all that. But another part of the definition seems to be that a game is something arbitrary that need not be played uh, and that the rules can in theory be changed for example uh, basketball uh, the, the there can be different points there can be uh, the, the hoop can be at different heights the court can be a different size in principle in theory right if custom were to be disregarded and just so with uh, soccer and uh and football and uh any other sport uh, and there's there's a huge obviously range of, of things that can be Switched around, uh, but also see that that term seems to to uh, lie in connection with uh, in our mind uh, the notion that it's not too serious. It's a game as opposed to what? As opposed to something serious? As opposed to real life? Right? It's just a game. And relax. It's just a game. Uh, you know, don't get so stressed. So, with all of these kinds of notions uh, in mind, would it be appropriate to apply the term game to life? So, um, let's see. Let's try to figure it out. So. Also, we have to figure out what we mean by life. And uh, by that, we can mean something that occurs in our life. And that could be a game without question. For example, we can be playing a pickup basketball game or we can be playing the game of trying to get promoted at work or the game of trying to get wealthy or famous or uh, the game of uh, you know running around in different places doing different things, whatever it is. Uh, so that would be part of life. But would that be life? Uh, no, right? Because we can switch up what we're doing we would still say that we're alive. What about uh, simply our heart beating and our uh, liver and kidneys functioning and uh, the heart? It, I mean, the, yeah, we said that the, the blood circulating, is that life? So we say somebody can be in a comato- comatose, comatose, we say that, or brain dead state. And uh, we would say that all of that is, is happening, but it'll be hard pressed to say this person has life, right? Maybe their body is, is alive. Hopefully there's there's hope for something, maybe. In certain cases, excuse me, but uh, it's just a coma, but uh, it, we wouldn't say they have life, right? So it would seem that the, the term life is best saved to, to designate the experience of, of existence in its own self. And we see that we can take away the things that we experience. Uh, we're experiencing, again, a, a basketball game. We're experiencing a, a hike. We're experiencing uh, 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 watching TV. Uh, what, uh, we're experiencing eating. Whatever it may be, we can take that away and experience itself, if we want to use that term, would still exist. Existence itself would still exist. I'm going to sensory deprivation tank, the tank where uh, I think uh, it, flo- it floats you in, in uh, salt water so you're completely buoyant and uh, it's totally dark and uh, there's no uh, all of your other senses don't have an opportunity to work but you wouldn't disappear right we wouldn't disappear we would still be just as there so we could refer to that with the term life uh, if we want 
and um, and uh, and yeah. So if we could ask, does game apply to life in that sense? Obviously not. There's no game about that whatsoever. But further, we say that our experience itself, as opposed to experiences that we have, can and does vary drastically in its quality. And sometimes, even in the same environment, with the same weather, with the same sports scores, with the same stock market news, with the same political news, we feel amazing. And other times, we feel horrible, awful. And it stands to the reason that there's a endless range in either direction in which we could travel, that there's no worst way that we can feel and there's no best way that we can feel. It can always be worse and it can always be best or be better. And uh, and we see even from the little kind of tidbits that, that we, we gain usually that there's definitely some amazing states of, of uh, intrinsically desirable existence that are possible. And Unfortunately, it's a much more real and, and fr- common experience for many more people. That there's a very real state of intrinsically undesirable existence that's possible, where just to be is torture. Right? Again, even if, if with, all the, with all the money in the world and all the food in the world and the best health and the best everything, right? But just to be, just to exist, is complete and utter torture, and vice versa. Where, where maybe that we don't have any money, we don't have any food, we're in the worst conditions. But just to exist is is uh, intrinsically, inconceivably, unquantifiably desirable. So we say there's also, if you want to call that a game, we can call that a game. But there's really not much of a game to it in the sense of the term game that we describe. That it's arbitrary, that it doesn't really matter, that it's not so serious. It is pretty serious uh, unless we have something uh, more serious in mind than an overall uh, absolute intrinsic inherent uh, state of existence that we find either negative or positive, that we find either amazing or, or intolerable or anywhere in between, and, and again, going indefinitely in either direction, wouldn't seem to be a game. Uh, and it would seem to be deadly serious. So anyhow, the question then is, if life's not a game, then what is it? And we would say it's it's what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a very serious business. And we sometimes, we may not think it's so serious because we don't properly define life, right? We think that uh, life is what's staring back at me in the mirror or it's my pulse and uh, there's all these other things here, right? There's there's my car, there's, uh, you know, the global economy, there's the, uh, there's the earth, the, the sun, there's the big solar system and the universe and my life is just one little part of it. So that's a perspective we can take, but again, it doesn't take away from the all-encompassing entirety of what existence to us really is and the fact that it can either be again completely inconceivably horrible or inconceivably great right so we can say uh, if we're feeling in one of those states where everything just it feels uh, awful horrible intolerable just to exist is, is a pain for one second and somebody tells us you know uh, you're, you you just have one life out of so many billions of lives. There's a, a big uh, universe out there that doesn't care about you. Does that help us at all? I mean, it could if we get, change our understanding based of, off of that and have an emotional change. But just if we don't, just the, co- contemplating that in a kind of a quote-unquote objective way, just the, as a matter of fact. No, it doesn't matter in the slightest. It doesn't help us. It doesn't hurt us. It's, it's uh, insubstantial. And just so, if we're feeling like existence is intrinsically 
worthwhile and is intrinsically desirable, what does it matter if somebody tells us, oh, you know, you're just, uh, you're an insignificant speck, you're going to die at it. Also, it's uh, it's just talk. So we say that uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a serious thing. And, and then the question is, how do we improve the quality of our existence as opposed to how do we damage it? And, uh, and there's many things we can say, but an answer is that... Um, we have a, 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 it probably has something to do with uh, our intellect and with our understandings, being that we see that other animals have the sort of life that we initially have, which is bodily, corporal uh, life, consistent of uh, eating, drinking, sleep, uh, pleasure, pain, basic pleasure, pain. Excuse me, all of that. And um, we see that the other animals and, and insects, they, they, we have no possible reason to think that they get too high or too low they they just have a probably a, a perpetual kind of present and respond to to sensations as they come about and uh maybe some people have uh romanticized that <laughs> oh it'll be so great to be a dog no worries but it's it's probably not so great it's probably not so bad but it's probably not so great so it probably has something to do with uh our unique abilities as uh as the 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 species that we are and and chief among that is our intelligence is our intellect is our understanding but not for the sake of self aggrandizement pronounce that correctly not for the sake of uh uh trying to to look smart in front of ourselves or others or, or trying to make a fetish out of uh knowledge or education or who knows what but for the sake of improving all of existence, which we would call our own existence, unless we it, it, it uh, bothers us so much what occurs on a different uh, planet, you know. Who cares about you, right? There's a, a planet somewhere else or a star somewhere else, and it doesn't care about you. Well, good, we don't care about it either. It doesn't matter, right? So that's the thing, and we have to figure out how do we use our intellect, how do we improve uh, our understandings, how do we evolve, how do we advance, and, and uh when we do that and when we're honest, when we're sincere, when we strive for truth in, in anything and everything that we do and we feel connected with the truth, with reality, as opposed to just being connected with some kind of a gargle, with some kind of fantasy, right? With, our, with, with games, basically, with things that we make up that are completely arbitrary, that are completely, ch- that can be totally shifted and changed up whenever, right? Our whole life is in the game of of trying to collect uh, the best X, Y, Z, right? Our whole life consists out of trying to make it in the, this very contingent context, right? I'm in this this or that valley, for example, just for example, right? And my whole life consists out of impressing these other people in this valley or in this other company or this or that, right? So that when we are not connected with the truth, but we're just connected, well, it is the truth, right? But it's just the truth of our emotions and our creatureliness and our pettiness when that's our sole truth and we're playing all of these games, uh, with those objectives and leading the way, then we probably are not moving in, in the direction uh, that, that we want as it concerns our, our existence. And we probably degrade all of existence. And we probably, uh, especially when we, again, it's not that, that um, playing the games in themselves, but when we make that our sole reality, when we have no desire uh, whatsoever to, to be truthful, to, to have some kind of truth in our life aside from the games that we play, right? We're willing to to lie and to cheat and to steal and to hurt people and do whatever it takes in order to succeed in some mumbo-jumbo made-up context that maybe wasn't there yesterday and won't be there tomorrow. All right, so then we're probably not in the way. But if we put truth at number one, and by the term truth, we, we don't mean, frequently people mean by that term that their truth, right? Something that uh, works for them and is, is just an equivalent of their 
arbitrary game, but we would rather say it's a clarification of thought. When we put the clarification of our thought in, in alignment of our emotions, uh, of our views, in light of our clear thinking, that's that's what we're talking about, and that's and and, and that's how we grow, right? That's the the real human growth. That's what it hangs on. Sometimes we think, how do I uh, advance myself? How do I develop? Is it by starting a new kind of uh, practice where I sit somewhere and I hum or is it what I focus on my breathing or is it um, I focus on my attention or I start a new positive, you know, lifestyle. And all of these things are great for, as arbitrary games, no question about it. And it can be extremely useful. But the only real growth, it stands to reason, is a growth of thought. It's an evolution an advancement of our thinking, of our understanding concerning as many things as possible. That's, of course, very different than simply chit-chat. And uh, a person is able to go from first grade to to 12th grade and further to uh, get a bachelor's and get a master's and get a PhD. And the growth of thought can be zero or next to zero. And uh, the the only real thought that a person will will have after all those years is I need to eat, I need to drink, I need to feel good. Because the the words don't do it. Memorizing things and knowing how to say things and recombine sentences, no matter how fancy they are, no matter how long the equations are, no matter how modern and up-to-date the different uh, vocab is, that's not growth of thought. Growth of thought is contemplating and dealing directly with what we can call experience, with what we can call reality, and, uh, and figuring things out in that reality. For example, just to make sure we're not just talking, we could take something such as um, eh, understanding other people. Right? So we can go about our, our, our days, our business, and talk to even thousands of other people, but we may never grow even 1% in our thought as it concerns others. Or the sole thing that we're going to be thinking is, how does this person make me feel good? It doesn't matter if it's been 10,000 people that we've interacted with. Each and every time, it's a sole question. How, how do I get something from this person? How do I avoid making them make me feel bad? How do they make me feel good? And that's it. So that's called not a growth of thought. At the same time that we've been doing that, of course, we could have read 500 books and we might be able to, to do a three-hour lecture on the latest findings of, you know, the latest uh, psychology and the study says and uh, uh, the clinical trial, double-blind placebo says that uh, the, the neuroscientist uh, scans, the scans in the MRI machine say that the effects on the brain and, and uh, the, the idea, right, we can say all these words, but our thought hasn't evolved whatsoever. In this case, on the other hand, we turn on our mind, we begin to think each interaction, we're trying to figure out, who am I dealing with? What, what's going on? Am I, what can I clarify here that, that's clear, right? I'm dealing with a body, for example, we can think. I'm not dealing with a person unless I want to think that I am my body. Am I my nose? No. Am I my eyes? No. Am I my hair? No. Am I uh, my whole face and body together? No. I'm something else maybe that we can call the, the experience, the eye, the self, whatever we're going to call it. I'm that. So consequently, when I deal with another person's nose and eyebrows and eyeballs, in face, I'm not dealing with a person. I'm dealing with a body, with a sign, with a symbol. For what? Right? Also for a self. What's the nature of that self? Is it fundamentally different than, than, than uh, mine? Let me see. If I try to imagine what it's like to be another person, wouldn't it just be me imagining what it's like to be that other person, to have a different body and a different personality, different temperament, uh, different memories, different desires? Yeah, it would be. So maybe I'm dealing, when I deal with a quote-unquote another person, I'm dealing with myself. I'm dealing with a sign for myself. 
conceived or, or had in relation to different attributes. Wow, that's a whole game changer. So now basically when I interact with others, if I benefit them, I benefit myself. I hurt them, I hurt myself. That's crazy, right? And then we can think and think and make these connections. How do I benefit somebody else? How do I hurt somebody else? We see uh, each person, uh, is, for whatever reason, has extremely high self-esteem needs, has extremely high needs for dignity and pride. Where does that come from? Is it because of the MRI scan and the study said with, with the neuron that uh, said that this to the other neuron? Is it that? Or can I think a little bit conceptually? Think actually. saying, huh, let's see. If I'm all of existence to myself, I can't step outside of myself. Everything else comes across to me as an appearance. It, it doesn't make any sense where these appearances tell me I'm nothing, right? Where I'm nothing in the to, to others or as I imagine it. So maybe it's the same with every other person. Every other person is all of existence to him or herself, thinks of him or herself in terms of their, their uh, body, their personality, and consequently they have an infinite uh, need for dignity and self-esteem that befits all of existence except as it applies to their body, to their mind, to their personality, to their character, and all of that. Oh, so we made that connection. Then we begin to notice that each person is the same in this way. Every person has a psychology built up around protecting the, the emotions, around it protecting these infinite self-esteem needs. Right? We can begin to notice that. We can begin to make these connections, begin to think, is there a way out of that? Can a person become greater? What are the methods, right? Maybe a person can sacrifice their psychology. Maybe a person can strive toward objectivity in their thought. Uh, what are the different grades here of development? Uh, what are the different grades of, uh, uh, in regard to which a person has overcome their initial creatureliness, their initial animality, that, that they've developed their intellect, developed their mind. Maybe there's a mind. Maybe I can start noticing uh, the development of minds as opposed to just thinking, uh, paying attention to, to empty sounds that I hear. Oh, hey, how are you? Yada, yada. So we see this is called, it's just an example. We can apply that to anything else uh, uh, that, that, that we can conceive of, but that, that's thought, right? And then we, we notice things, we observe, we interrelate one thing with another, we class things, we make inductions and deductions and all this, but it's dealing with real experience. It's dealing with reality. It's not dealing, again, with the, the fancy terminology and the fancy equations. So that's how we do. That's an evolution, we would say, of thought. And that's what our good uh, seems to hang on. We start uh, from an extremely low point of uh, intellectual development. And of course, from that flows our morals, flows our relationships with other people, flow our emotions, flow our uh, regulation of our self-esteem needs and, and what we do to, to pursue them. Uh, all of that comes from our understandings. And initially, again, it's a, it's a creaturely animalistic state of understandings. Only I'm real as this body. Only my needs are real. I have no impulse control. All of my desires are solely materialistic, meaning in light of uh, these immediate benefits. Nobody else is real. I don't care about anybody else. I can't love anybody else except in a possessive, vain type of way as an extension of vain self-love. That's where we all start out with, right? So then we, if we evolve our thought, then everything right, also is, is fractured. Every, there's a, a fundamental reality and a fundamental primary cause and reality to, to, um, not to repeat it, uh, right? But a, 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 a fundamental reality and a primary cause to each and every different phenomena, right? Meaning, for example, the, the, the apple fell for one reason, the stone fell for another reason, the planets move for another reason, the ant moves for another reason, the person moves for another reason, right? But as we unify our thought, or if, as we evolve our thought, if we do it right, it's going to be unified. Just like uh, 
the, the so-called ornament of the species, Isaac Newton, purportedly or not, it, it said, uh, uh, at least it's a fable, he was sitting under a tree, an apple hit him, and he realized, Eureka, the apple is a, a, a representative of the same phenomena as is all other like phenomena, as is even the, are the planets. All right, so Newton made an induction uh, to to a general law, to a general rule, uh, and uh, consequently it's thought unified, right, as opposed to being fractured and all over the place and unified. So it's the same thing. If our thought is evolving, it's being unified. It's it's moving toward. Uh, unity towards oneness, if we want to say that, uh, and, and all of that, right? And, and it brings in as much phenomena as possible, uh, as as many people as possible, as many ideas as possible into that stream uh, of uh, the, that flows into into the river of unity. To get a little poetical, right? So that that's that that's real kind of progress. That's real uh, development, as opposed to behavioral conditioning, as opposed to various little tricks and and humming and and who knows what. Not again, not against anything, but just to say, and um, so that's the idea. And uh, we we hope we hope to to progress and uh, and advance in our thought, and um, and, and that's how we we kind of pursue uh, our, our true desires and, and attain the good. So think about it. Thank you for listening.